Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Necessary Blackness Podcast is independently owned and we do not accept sponsorship dollars from corporations. We are supported by the people such as yourself who know that in war, the first casualty is the truth. We are at war with racism and white supremacy. We must continue to tell the truth. Support us by purchasing your Necessary Blackness t-shirt by sending an email to NecessaryBlacknessPodcast at gmail.com. No, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. <laughs> now our feature presentation. Peace and power, black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. And today, I have a special guest in the studio. This individual is a journalist. Many of y'all may see his byline in Rolling Out Magazine as the lifestyle editor. He is also an author of a book called 23. Correct? That's correct, man. And his name is Amir. How you doing, brother? I'm good. Some people call me AR Shaw, though. That's AR Shaw. <laughs> That's my Instagram handle, so just All in right. case. <laughs> just in case they're looking. Make sure y'all look him up on Instagram. It's called AR Shaw. And today we're here to talk about his second book, forthcoming book that's getting ready to come out. And it's called Trap History, as well as the podcast that coincide with the book. Yes, sir. So tell me, what was the concept behind Trap History? Give us a little backstory of it and why you feel people will resonate with that. Man, I'm, I'm going to tell you like a, a, a crazy story, right? So 2012, I'm, I go to, I go to, to, to London for, to cover the Olympics. Um, <clears throat> my first time in London, right? Uh-huh. And so I remember after covering the events, we went over to this bar uh, that was near the Olympic um, I guess stadium or whatever, uh-huh. and so we meet these two young women, and they just talk. We start talking about music, and so they were telling us, telling me and my coworker, they were like, "Yo, y'all need to go." I think they were telling us to go to Bromley, um, to go to uh, this club, and they have trap night. And so I'm like, trap night. I'm just like trying to figure this. Is, I'm, I'm not trying to decipher all. I'm like, trap night in London it just didn't really make sense because at this at time in 2012. Trap music was really an underground thing. Mm-hmm. It was really like if you if you were in Atlanta, if you were from the South, you kind of knew about it. Um, Ti and you know Jeezy, they were mainstream at the time, but they still the, the I guess the genre of trap music really wasn't I I wouldn't say like a national thing. Mm-hmm. It was still kind of underground in, in in terms of rap. Yeah. But when I when when this when this young woman you know came to me and told me they had trap night in London, I'm like, wow, man, this is this is bigger than I expected, right? Um, me being an Atlanta native, I remember when the term trap was basically just a slang term. Yeah. I remember when dudes in the you know in the neighborhood would just be like, "Yo, that's the trap." This, you know, what I'm saying it was just yeah. a, it was just a common slang term in Atlanta. Uh, Ti flipped it, Gucci and Jeezy, they all created this genre of music, and I was like, you know, it's deeper than that, right? So yeah. I just wanted to kind of like show people that it's deeper than just. 808s and 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 drug talk. So I want to kind of give the history of it. So in London, is it just the music, or have they embraced the lifestyle? Like 
the way they dress, their vernacular, how they talk. Man, it's you know the the crazy thing about it is I actually have a, a chapter in my book about like how it's gone international, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I and I I've interviewed people from London. I have a, um, interviewed some people in a, in Africa. They have this Africa trap music uh, thing that's that's kind of um, going you know that's kind of catching the buzz out there in South Africa. Um, but yeah, so you got people and they dress just like guys from Atlanta. They they. They almost like speak like guys from Atlanta. Wow. And it's just and it's just crazy because in the grand scheme of things, Atlanta is really a small city. Yeah. We're not New York, yeah. we're not LA. You know what I'm saying? In terms of of, you know, numbers. Like we're just not that big of a city. Um, and to to see that one genre and one culture of a city have such a worldwide impact, I wanna kinda tell that story of where it came from. And you know what's crazy when you say that they talk like people from Atlanta. I've been down here 16, going on 17 years. As soon as I open my mouth, everybody be like, you from New York. <laughs> like, I can't sound <laughs> like you from me in, in Atlanta. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. But here it is. Yeah. Internationally, they have embraced the culture. Mm-hmm. Just like with hip hop, you know, mm-hmm. the lifestyle is embraced all around the world. Mm-hmm. So with, with the podcast, who are some of the individuals that you had on your uh, podcast so the way the podcast is 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 um <clears throat> the format is is not q a it's basically like docu style so i'm mm-hmm. basically telling the story and i have different i have commentary from different uh people that kind of uh chime in and give their thoughts um of course my guy maurice garland uh shout uh, out to maurice shout out to maurice uh renowned hip-hop journalist who've been in this, in this in this thing for over a decade um talked to nick love who was uh, once the um, marketing director over there at, at corporate CTE. CTE Corporate Thugs Entertainment, which is Jeezy's label, um, I also talked to Cujo Goody from the Goody Mob, um, and just you know s- several other people who who kind of give their thoughts on uh, just trap music in general. And, I, and each episode kind of highlights a, a specific theme within trap. Mm-hmm. So you know, what are some of the things people should be on the lookout for? Some of the themes. Yeah. So the first theme is basically like where did trap come from? That's the first episode. Mm-hmm. And the first episode kind of explores the history of the entire genre and kind of how it all came together as far as the strip club culture in Atlanta. You had crunk music. You had mm-hmm. the club culture. You had drug lifestyle. You had all this thing that kind of created this perfect storm to create this genre. So I kind of go back and I um, kind of reveal that. I kind of laid all of that out. Um you know, playing as far as where it came from. Now, the book. The book I'm yeah. sure that this book been in the making for some time because when you write a book, it is a daunting task. Man. When you was writing the book and then they come out with the Trap Museum, did, uh-huh. you, did, did you have like in your mind saying, oh, I'm on the right wavelength? Well, I already, you know the crazy thing about this, man? I, I actually had the idea for this book like maybe five years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And I had the, the idea for the book before the podcast. I, I my the, the idea for the podcast came later because I was like, let me kind of make it um, audio to kind of give people a sense of you know more than just just yeah. reading. Um, but I had the, the idea for the book five years ago, and it was just the, the crazy thing about it when you're writing about something, you're writing a historical piece. It's kind of difficult because when 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 I guess we're still in the midst of it, and so. So much was changing, and so much with trap music has changed within the last five years that I had to keep going back and, and you know making yeah. changes. Like, man, this is this new guy coming up. Like five years ago, nobody knew who, who Little Baby was. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I'm saying. Like five years ago, 
Ghana wasn't even a thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like so much has changed within the genre that I had to keep, I had to keep continue to go back and make edits and keep you know make changes. And I'm I'm actually still in the process of editing right now. So it's like, um, you know, that's my biggest thing is that trying to capture a genre while it's still growing. It's not even at its peak stages yet. Yeah, and that's one thing about the universe, about power. It's an ever evolving thing, mm-hmm. and um, you got to stop though. Got you. Yeah. Gotta stop. <laughs> they just you, you gotta give the people what they want. Yeah. So when is the tentative date for your book? Man, you know what? It's so crazy that the dates continue to change because so much stuff has been happening. Uh with like I say, um, the trap museum wasn't even around, like I say, when I first started this book. Yeah. And so I had to put a section in on that. On <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had to put a section in on the trap museum. So can you say like Summer 2019. I wanna, I wanna do it. I wanna really do it for Black Music Month, which is, which is June. Um, mm-hmm. That's you know, if I could, if I could roll it out in June, I think that would be a, a good, a good point because that's you know that's Black Music Month and 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 trap music is Black music, but it's also crossed over. You have yeah, you have people like Ariana Grande doing trap music. You have people like um, even Taylor Swift has, has uh, she was on the stage talking about she's a trap queen. With, an, with a guitar, like I don't know about that. <laughs> that's I, I mean, but it's so crazy that you know it's like you have pop artists who yeah. are saying who are using this who are using this genre that was created by black people in Atlanta, and it's and it's mainstream now. It's not even it's not even a subgenre anymore. It's a genre. So, what do you think about that when you see that you know, and especially you being from Atlanta, you've seen this origin, you've seen it grow, and now that it's embraced internationally. Some people will look at it like, oh, these are culture vultures mm-hmm. taken away from the culture. Or do you look at it as just another genre of hip hop, which is a lifestyle that should be embraced by everybody? I think you got to look at it in both ways, right? Because I think when you talk about trap in particular, it's it's really it's it's really a um I guess it's a story that that's particular to the black community, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The, the this this plight that we had with drugs and the drugs in America and the uh, mass incarceration, all this stuff that we've dealt with over the past three decades mm-hmm. with this, with this, uh, with the drug here, with crack cocaine, starting with crack cocaine, um, it's really specific to a, a community, right? Absolutely. So it's like if you if if Katy Perry is doing trap music, it's like okay, well, can you can Katy Perry walk tell you what's happening in the bluff? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Can she? So. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's yeah. like. You know, it's a double-edged sword oh, where, yeah. you know, but but when these guys put out music, music is to be shared. It is to be celebrated. That's how it grows. And I think once you put something out to the world, you can't really dictate to where it goes. And mm-hmm. my thing is, as long as the artists uh, and the people who do it respect it and understand where it comes from. So, yeah. cause, and, I, and I have a section in the book about that. It's like, if you don't know what, um, how, how, it, how the drug trade affected people in communities like the Bluff, yeah, then you don't really know about trap music. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? Because it's it's a whole bigger thing than just just music. It's 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 how people live. Now speaking of how drugs affect people, I know that when the Trap Museum came out mm-hmm. and it was being celebrated and people mm-hmm. was taking selfies and mm-hmm. going there, um, there were certain people that was giving it backlash yeah. and saying that this is a, a glorification of the drug trade. Now, I, I wasn't one of those outspoken critics because I looked at the people that was embracing it, mm-hmm. you know, such as T.I., such as Jeezy, such as Gucci Man, yeah. 
And they came from this beginning. This is a reality that was a part of their lives. And now they was able to take their career and put themselves in position as being businessmen Mm -hmm. and um, staples in the community. So what is your ordeal about that? Like people that look down on, on the track. Yeah, no, nah, it's you know what's funny, man. When when because Two Chains actually did it first. He kind of did that pink trap house thing that he yeah, had up on his on, album, right? But he had the pink trap house on Howl Mill, painted yeah. pink. Yeah, man, it was like it was for the album. It was in promotions for his album. Absolutely, it was over there by. Um, it was on Howl Mill, where 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 they had the um the factories like True Detergent and yeah, all of that. Yeah, it was yeah, right. It was I, right I over there. Yeah, about. yeah. So so Two Chains did the pink trap uh, house uh, a couple years back, and I went over there and. Man, it was so crazy because he's like, you had these college kids. Um, I met two women from, uh, I think they were from Brazil. No, they were from Germany. I'm sorry, they're from Germany. I don't know where I got Brazil from, but they were from Germany, and they were talking. They were, and I and I talked to them. And they were, they were telling me about like how, you know, they were fond of the music. They really didn't understand the lifestyle, what it was about. They just liked the music. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing where it's like you got people who are like taking pictures in front of it, and it's like a cool thing. But I want to make sure that people have context, right? Yeah, because, absolutely. Because the thing is, like, if you put out the trap and you don't have context to what it is, then it gets lost and it can become exploitation. It can become explo- exploitative because people are still living like that. There's people who are still living in the trap today as as me and you and I are speaking. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I so, know. And, it, and everybody that's in the trap aren't really, they're not really um, actually participating. You have people who... Um, you got older older people who bought their houses fifty years ago, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden their neighborhood became a trap, and now they're trapped in their neighborhoods because they can't move anywhere else because this is this is what they call home all their life, and all of a sudden you got an influx of drugs and and things of that nature, and and um you know they they become almost prisoners into their into their own environment, so. That's my thing is to make sure that you have context of where it comes from and the people who are actually living the life today. I think that's very, very important when you talk about having context because people need to know about the war on drugs. They need to mm-hmm. know about Reaganomics and how all of this is connected from the war on drugs to the mm-hmm. school to prison pipeline. Once they have that context mm-hmm. and they know that this is an orchestrated plan Maybe they would view it different. You still could celebrate the music, but you have to know that this was a systematic plan mm-hmm. and that there are people that still lack languishing in jails today yep. because of this. Yep. So, man, I'm definitely excited. Mm-hmm. I got the buzz on it when I heard about your release party. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Well, it was it was basically a pre-launch, a pre-launch. pre-launch party. So basically, I just wanted to kind of <clears throat> let people know that this was coming. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, I want you guys to be on the lookout for what I have coming next. So I did like a small party at Aloft. Um, a lot of people came through, uh, did like a short Q&A session where we where we talked about the project. Um, so basically, that was, that's what it was. It was like a pre-launch to kind of give people an idea of what was come, what was to come. So that was just, just to kind of uh, put the buzz out. Well, i tell you this. I am going to be the first to uh, get a copy of that book. I already got a t-shirt, and I'm going to be probably wearing that on my next podcast. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And um, I appreciate all that you do. I look forward to checking out your podcast, Trap History. So for those that don't know, if they want to find you mm-hmm. on social media, where can they find you at? 
right, so first you should go to the website, traphistory.com. You can go there right now. I got some shirts there. I got hoodies there. And you can also get an idea of what, where, you know, when the project is coming and some of the things that the, uh, that's going to be featured in the project. Also, you should go to my Instagram page, which is Trap History Podcast. Um, basically, you know, we so we basically highlight a lot of the uh, culture um, on that on my uh, pod, on the um, Instagram page. And also, if you want to follow me, my personal page uh, is Ar Shaw A R S H A W twenty three, and um, you can kind of uh, follow me, follow my journey, man, and, and, and we can all. Uh, go on this journey together until until the release date. For those that don't know, man, the 23 is because <laughs> 23. he's the Jordan of this journalism thing. <laughs> when I need uh, someone to interview me, oh yeah, I be hitting them up. Oh yeah, but all right, man, my thanks, brother, man, I appreciate you coming through, man. This is my your brother. first time. Let's don't make it your last. Oh man. yeah, definitely right, come peace. back. Peace. Welcome back. This year marks the 15th anniversary of T.I.'s album, Trap Music. Uh, the style of rap became one of the most influential genres in music. It was just a, a wild idea that we started fleshing out and exploring, and eight, nine months later, here we are. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the music... A trap is, is a place where drugs are sold. But it's a place where drugs are sold because there's so little opportunity in our communities. This is what we endured. This is what we overcame. This is what we survived. And I think that's what's important about this. You know what I'm saying? We're showing a lot of things that if you come in into the untrained eye, it may seem like glorification. But really, it's a celebration of all that we've overcame to make it to where we are.